0: Welcome to Connection Point Church Online where we take a little time each week to gather virtually to open the Word of God together. And during our time, we'll walk through some scripture and discover how we can apply the biblical principles and lessons to our lives. Our desire is that each week you would be both encouraged and challenged to take another step in your faith journey. Throughout the message, there will be some links in the the comment section to help you take a next step. If it's your first time with us click on the link that says connect Card and let us know you stopped by and how we can best serve you if you have a question or or prayer request during our time together please drop a comment below or send us a direct message we'd love to hear from you now you've still got a couple of minutes before we get started so go ahead once again grab your cup of coffee get your Bible, and join me back here at the table. I'll see you in a few. Welcome back to Connection Point Church Online. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 11. We're going to get right in the Word. Today we're going to look at the fifth of the seven I Am statements of Jesus where He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hey, my desire is that you would understand those words not only represent who Jesus is and what He came to do, but also what it can mean to you. John 11, beginning in verse number one, says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved uh, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately, The Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him." Now I know we all have things to be thankful for, but I also know this, there may be those watching and those that you come in contact with every day that are in a place that they may feel, not feel much like celebrating. Maybe you find yourself today in a place much like Mary and Martha, where you too have received news that a loved one is sick Sick, or perhaps you are more like Lazarus and you've received a bad report from the doctor and you're the one who is sick. Maybe you've just lost your job and and you're not sure um, how how, how you're going to put food on the table. Maybe your marriage, no matter how hard you try, seems to be falling apart. You're hurting, desperate, and you're feeling kind of helpless. Not only do you maybe not feel much like celebrating, You might even find yourself questioning why, saying, what have I done to deserve this? And if that's you today, I want to point out something to you in verse 3. The sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Lazarus, the one that Jesus loves is sick. Now the Bible doesn't make much mention of Lazarus outside of these couple of chapters. But John, in his writing, wants to let us know this wasn't someone who Jesus just knew in passing, but rather he had a close relationship with. It's also very clear from these verses that Jesus had a relationship not only with Lazarus, but also with the sisters. We read here that this is the same Mary who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Here's what I want you to see. This family was close to Jesus and tragedy still struck. Unfortunately, people oftentimes see someone or a family that's been struck with disease, tragedy, or constantly struggling and and battling against difficulty of life, and immediately jump to a conclusion. What have they done? They they, they must have some sin in their life. What did they do to to bring this upon themselves? Here in this passage, we, we have a scenario where we have no evidence that Lazarus or his family has, was caught in some deep, dark, secret sin, and this was God's way of punishing them. Th- this isn't someone that was far from God. This was a family that had a close relationship with Jesus, and tragedy still struck. Unfortunately, oftentimes the first thing we want to do is jump to conclusions. We want to begin examining the situation. We want to ask the question what have they done? Why did they do this to themselves? If they had only done this, then they wouldn't have ended up in this situation. What is it they could have done differently to prevent this tragic set of circumstances? What is it that's going on in their lives that have caused so much heartache and pain? Listen, pain is not the sum of a mysterious formula. The formula is simple. Fallen world equals pain. So understand this as well. Intimacy with Jesus does not equal freedom from pain. Let me be clear. Sin absolutely brings consequences. And each of us should examine ourselves and ask God to daily show us sin in our lives that we so that we won't continue to walk in it. But can I tell you, when when someone is fighting to try and, and make it, we shouldn't immediately heap accusations upon them, but rather do exactly what Lazarus' sisters did, and that's call upon Jesus. And you may ask, what about when we don't immediately see a visible answer or a healing, what about then? Then is it okay to begin casting blame? No, we don't always know the whole story and I can promise you this, we don't ever see the whole picture. So instead of accusing or condemning, do what we know we can do and that's call upon the name of Jesus. When Jesus heard the news, he didn't say, oh, I wonder what they did. He didn't say, well, that's what they deserved. Listen again to what he says in verse 4. Jesus said this, when he heard this news, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Then he says, no, it's for what? It's for God's glory. So that what? So that God's Son may be glorified through it. That thing you're going through, that thing you, you didn't want to see happen, that, the, that thing the enemy would want to use to destroy you, I'm believing God is going to bring glory to himself through that terrible situation. In verse 5, John follows this up by reiterating the fact that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Why did, he re- write, why did John reiterate this? Because if you simply followed up with what Jesus said here and read the next verse, you may not think he cared too much. Jesus gets the news, Lazarus is dying, and he declares that the sickness won't end in death. Then John says again that Jesus loved these people. And then in verse 6, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Jesus got the news, a loved one's dying, and he does absolutely nothing at all. Mary and Martha. They call for Jesus because they believe Jesus is going to come and help. But what does he do? He doesn't do anything at all. The scripture says he stayed where he was two days. He continues about doing whatever it was he was doing before. He's there hanging out, and Mary and Martha, they're falling apart. And then after two days, Jesus says, okay, let's go now. Now, the disciples weren't too excited about this proposition. They said to him, They tried to kill you there. Why would you go there? Now, I'm sure they were concerned for his safety, but I'm also pretty sure they were a little concerned for their own safety as well. They weren't looking forward to hanging out with a guy that people were wanting to throw rocks at. So he responds to them, Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. For they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. I'm sure about this point they turn to each other and say, what did he just say? So he goes on and says, Lazarus has fallen asleep and we need to go wake him up. Now the disciples knew that Jesus loved this family, but they were like, They want to kill us back there. Why would we go and risk our lives if this guy has just fallen asleep? They didn't quite get what he was saying here. So he gets real plain with them and says, He's dead. Let's go raise him. Then Thomas, or as we later come to know him, Doubting Thomas, says, Well, let's go. That way we can all die too. See, Thomas isn't really feeling it. He, he's not seeing Jesus as the resurrection here. He's seeing this as an opportunity to go and get stoned to death. What about you? You prayed. You believed God not only could come through, but you also believed he would come through, and the answer never came. Whatever it was you were praying for didn't turn out the way you thought it would or thought it should. And doubt hits you like a ton of bricks. You begin to question, why didn't he come through for me? How could you allow this to happen? Perhaps sitting here watching this morning, your faith is strong and you get the fact that things don't always turn out the way that you think they should. But you're still struggling. Maybe you're feeling a little like Mary. Look at verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Maybe you're not dying in doubt, but you're dead in despair. That's kind of where Mary is here. It says Martha went out, but Mary stayed at home. See, she had come to a place where where despair had gripped her. Why bother going out? You can't do anything. This morning, you may feel just like Mary. Everything seems to be going against you. It seems to be one bad report after another and you've just resigned to the notion that you can't change anything. Your life is always going to be the way that it is. You've come to a place where you're feeling just like Mary and you have said, what's the use? Nothing good is gonna come my way. And you maybe you've fallen even into some depression and it's got a hold on you. You have this incredible weight of sadness that just seems to be pulling you down. See, this morning, some of you are maybe struggling with doubt and can relate to Thomas. Some of you are, are dead in despair and feel much like Mary. And some of you this morning, you're, you're not really dying with doubt or despair, but you're dying and waiting on God. Look at Martha. She didn't have doubt in what Jesus could do, what he could do. Despair hadn't even got a grip on her so bad that she didn't even want to bother. We just read that she went out to meet him. No, what was killing her was his timing. Martha is saying, if Jesus would have only come just one day sooner, but now it's day four. Day four in the tomb and she tells him by this time there's gonna be a bad smell. What she's saying is that Lazarus is really dead. There is no chance. There is no hope. I know you're God and all but your timing it really stinks. You waited too long. You know, I venture to guess some of you watching maybe you're feeling the same way. You're like God, I'm dead here in your timing. Maybe you've been praying for a certain thing for a long time and and you're like, God, it's too late. I believe you could have done something, but you've taken too long. Maybe you've been praying about a certain job and you're wondering, God, what's the deal? I've been faithful, I've been obedient with what you've given me. What's the deal with the wait? Perhaps you've been praying about a a ministry and the opportunity hasn't opened. Hasn't opened when or or the way that you thought it should. Maybe you've been praying for healing for a loved one like Mary and Martha and you've been waiting a long time and, and you've not seen the answer that you've been waiting for. This morning, please be encouraged. Just because you haven't seen the answer doesn't mean that He has said no. And it sure doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Look at verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha, like many of you, was dying in the wait. She was dying in the timing of Jesus. And she says to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If only. Let's get real. How many of us have have? been God if only but look at verse 22 but even now I know that whatever you ask of God God will give you how many of you could maybe use an even now moment today well I'm here to tell you this morning that even now while you're dead in doubt even now while you're dead in despair even now while you're dead in the wait even now Jesus can, can can come and roll that stone away. What does Jesus say in verse 25? Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live." Jesus is the resurrection. Dead things don't stay dead when Jesus comes on the scene. Real quick, look down to verses 38. John 11, 38, 44. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. This morning, some of you feel much like Lazarus. You are trapped in a tomb. You're in a tomb of doubt, despair, and waiting, and you've all but lost hope. You're inside this tomb, and you don't know how you are ever going to get out. You fought for so hard and so long, and you just don't have the strength. Well, on a Sunday morning some 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked out of a tomb once and for all, for everyone. There was no need for the disciples to roll the stone away he did it and when he walked out he rolled your stone away too this morning if you're feeling trapped in the tomb you need to understand that he's already rolled the stone away you don't have to be trapped any longer if you simply believe in him even now he can bring life to your dead situation he said i am the resurrection and the life If you would allow him to fill you this morning, the dead in your life cannot stay dead. When the resurrection and the life comes on the scene, dead things come to life. He's calling to you this morning in a loud voice. He says, come out. Take off those grave clothes and come out. If you're dead in your sin this morning, he's saying to you, come out. You don't have to remain there any longer. He's saying, I have paid the price and my blood has covered it all. Come out if you are dead in doubt this morning, he's saying to you, even now, let your faith arise. Let it be built up by the hearing of the word and come out. If you're dead in despair, discouragement, sadness, sickness, or grief, he's saying to you, even now, I've paid the price. By the stripes that I bore, sickness has been defeated. It has no place. It has no authority. Your mind is under attack. He says to you this morning, I have given you a sound mind. Come out. Discouraged like there is no tomorrow and that your dreams will never be fulfilled. He's calling to you this morning. Come out. The resurrection and the life is here. Even now with us online and ready to meet with you today. And he's saying, even now, in this very moment, come out. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for meeting with us today. There are times where we've all struggled with doubt. We've all faced despair. And if we're honest, we've probably all struggled with your timing. I pray that we would each learn to trust you. When we are struggling with doubt, that we would call upon the name of Jesus. When we are struggling with despair, that we would call upon your name. When we are questioning your timing, that we would call upon your name and trust that you are in control. I pray today that we would respond to your word and answer your call to come out. Come out of whatever grave we find ourselves in today. Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust your voice, follow your guidance, no matter where it takes us. In Jesus name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us online once again this morning. Now, if this was your first time to be with us, would you take just a moment, fill out the connection card, and let us know how we can best serve you. If you're ready to take a next step today, whether that be saying yes to Jesus for the first time, following after him in water baptizing, baptism, joining an online Bible study, or maybe just you want some more information, would you message us right now? We'd love to hear from you. Also before this video ends, would you take just a moment to click the like button, hit share. This helps tremendously in getting this message out to others who may need a word of encouragement. Now I pray you have a great week and I hope to see you right back here next week as we continue in our check the source series be blessed